You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to talk about some of the benefits of core training, but really more core stability training. And I got to be honest, like people love doing core. They they love training their core. Trainers love doing core exercises. They love making their clients do core exercises. And I'll really try to think about this and understand why they like this so much. And so many people think that the more core exercises they do, the less uh, belly fat that they're going to have. And I want to dispel that right away. So we look at why do core exercises, then that could really have a lot more to do with reduction in back pain and the ability to better balance, better proprioception, uh, better force output and production through our limbs, through our ability to produce in our core. But core exercises don't necessarily help you. They're not helping you lose belly fat. Um, it's possible that you can hypertrophy, you can build your abdominal muscles. Uh, they don't grow very much. It's not a lot of hypertrophy. So an example that I give for people, if you're looking to see your abs, then core exercises are not the answer primarily because let's say I take, um, uh, a baseball and, and I put it on the, the couch here next to me I take this pillow and I put the pillow over it. And so now I've got this this baseball underneath the pillow and the baseball is there. You just can't see it. And let's say now I hypertrophy the baseball and, and now I take a softball and I put it under the pillow. Now my core muscles are bigger, but it's still under the pillow and I can't see it. So what does that mean for me? That means that uh, you probably didn't reach the goal you were looking to. If you're looking for for being able to see your core because your focus is getting rid of the pillow on top, the extra cushion on top. Well, that's not what core exercises are for. So if you're looking to to see more abs, then core exercises aren't really how you're going to get them. In fact, you've probably heard the phrase abs are made in the kitchen. And what that means is your greatest weight loss comes from your diet, your ability to decrease the amount of food that you're intaking in order to lose body fat. And there's a lot of truth to that. Abs are made in the kitchen and hypertrophy your abs, but that's not really the benefits of core stability training. Some of the benefits, which I think are interesting. I like this one where it looks at low back pain. This is Hang at all 2021, the effects of core stabilization exercises and strengthening exercises on proprioception, balance, muscle thickness, and pain-related outcomes in patients with subacute, nonspecific low back pain. Now, this was a randomized controlled trial, and what they did is they got people with this back pain. They got two groups. Here's my, my stability group, and here's my strength training group. And the stability group did one to two weeks of a basic stability exercise. In the next two weeks, they progressed. Strength training group did four weeks of spinal flexion and extension exercises. And here's the thing. Like the, the core stability group had significantly more improvement than the strength group 
when it came to this intervention of four weeks in proprioception, the stability group had better balanced single leg standing with eyes open and eyes closed on both stable and unstable surfaces. Both of those were better outcomes. And the percentage of thickness of the transverse abdominis and the lumbar multifidus, which does make more sense because those muscles are more responsible for spinal stability, especially lumbar stability. Both of these exercise groups were able to get relief from back pain, which is which is incredible. So let's just let's just pump the brakes and talk about that for a moment. Just doing core exercises was better than uh, not doing anything. So if you've got people and they're like, oh, I've got some low back pain, but uh, and you are you're trying as a trainer to be like, oh, you got to do core stability, core stability, course, and they're like, I hate core stability. I'm not going to do core stability. And then you say, all right, well, then you're never going to get better. Well, first of all, it's not our job to address pain. But secondly, the fact is that you can do flexion and extension exercises, and that can, in general, help to reduce pain, just not as much, just not as much as the, the stabilization group, which demonstrated greater reduction of functional disability. And it also helped people have less fear of movement. The ones that practice stability training had less fear of movement. And I've got a guy that I've been training for years and there's some balance issues there. And core stability training is kind of the, the goal. And we do some core strength training. We do that. But core stability training is more important. And I think that what that uh, study demonstrated is that there's less fear of movement. And so even so, having somebody do this stability training, providing them the confidence that they can get up and move more. And of course, movement for people uh, is, is incredibly valuable. And we, and I've talked about this in so many of our episodes. So um, moving is important, the power of movement. So our core stability training can help support them in that process. Uh, also good news, there was no overuse injuries that took place, no adverse effects. Somebody has back pain and they did flexion and extension exercises in this study. There were no issues, all right? Um, so I think this is really good that it points this out, but there's another thing that needs to be addressed. We've got Saderbulkin and Finland in 2012. This is the article is called the muscle activity and core muscle activity of the core during bilateral, unilateral seated and standing resistance exercises. And this was in the journal of applied physiology, the European journal of applied physiology. There's one quote I want to pull from it. It really kind of brings it home. To enhance neuromuscular activation of the superficial core muscles, standing exercises should be used instead of seated exercises, and unilateral exercises should be used instead of bilateral exercises. So if you want to start incorporating a lot of really great core exercises, stand instead of sit. Stand. If you're going to sit, try to sit without using the back rest sit away from the backrest to activate, but standing is better than sitting. And if you want to really get more out of your core, doing unilateral is better than doing bilateral. So for instance, if I'm doing a cable chest press, standing cable chest press, and I do two arms, well, I'm going to get more core activity out of doing a one arm version of that. 
Rick, that makes sense. I know that. Cool. But do you do it? Do you do it? Because this is the kind of stuff that can be easily incorporated into a resistance training program to heighten the neuromuscular ability for the core to produce, for the core to stabilize the lumbopelvic hip complex. Are you doing it? I get that you understand it. Implement it. Add it into your programming. And I would love tomorrow, all across the country, people that listen to this, all of a sudden they're going to be like, hey, we're going to do some standing cable chest presses, some standing cable one-arm off-center rows, some single-arm flies. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. McGill et al. 2015, muscle activity and spine load during anterior chain whole body linkage exercises. So there's an exercise they did called the body saw, which is a plank where you just shift your, your head forward and backwards like a saw. Hanging leg raise, which I like to address because there are a lot of times we talk about hanging leg raises and hanging leg raises has a bad connotation to it, but um, but it depends. And then the walkout from a push-up, or as I like to call it, inchworms, where you walk out and then you walk your hands back. And the inchworm, technically, your feet would follow up. But um, I don't have enough space in the gym to do that usually, so I just walk the arms out and walk them back. So those are the walkouts. Now, here's what McGill found. On average, the hanging straight leg raise created approximately 500 more newtons uh, than the in, of spinal compression than the body saw which is, you know, the body uh, hanging leg raise about 3,000 3, newtons. And then the body saw was 2,500 or less, which is about a 500 newton difference. And what does that mean? I don't know. I don't have a clue. Except for this. It's more pressure on the spine. It's more pressure on the spine. But it's not significantly more, right? It's not significantly. It's 2,500 newtons versus 3,000 newtons. Does that make a difference for some people? Yeah. Yeah, that could be really bad for some people. Also could be really bad for some people is the body saw exercise. 2,500 newton. No, you should never do that with some people. You're probably right. In fact, you probably shouldn't do planks with some people. I think prone iso abs or, or a forearm plank position is incredibly challenging for a lot of people, especially if they're not dialed into their stability muscles in their core. I've mentioned this before on the show. My wife had back pain. She went to physical therapy. She said, I don't like doing the physical therapy exercises because it hurts. I said, what hurts? She said, they want me to do a plank. It hurts my back. I said, well, don't do a plank. She said, well, that's what the therapist told me to do. I said, let's go see another therapist. I can't give you an exercise that causes you the pain that you're trying to get out of. Because that is contraindicated. That is counterintuitive. We don't go into pain to get out of the same pain that we went to the doctor to go see, to get out of. What does that mean? That means what should be a good stability exercise and is, is not a good stability exercise for her at this time. It may be great later on down the road. So we've got this idea that some exercises are great for some people and not great for others. And we look at it, the, the hanging straight leg raises created the highest challenge to the abdominal wall. 
the muscles in the abdominal wall that were tested, all of them were tested with hanging leg raises. You've heard NASM, and we've said for a long time, hanging leg raises may be contraindicated because so many people have tight hip flexors. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work your abs. It does. It can. You raise your legs up. That's a lot of ab activity going, please don't rip my spine off of me. Is it bad? It depends. Is it for everyone? Definitely not. Should I be doing this as an initial exercise with people? I don't think so. I think really you should be doing core stability exercises and working your way to core movement exercises. Hence, the OPT model teaching that. We don't ever say in the model you should never do straight leg raises or hanging leg raises or knee raises. We just say that could be contraindicated uh, or counterintuitive if you have those overactive hip flexors that put a lot of pressure on your spine. Otherwise, go for it. It may not be bad for you. It may not be bad for some of your clients or most of your clients or any of your clients, or it could be bad for all of them. That's what the assessment is for. It said that the body saw had the greatest activation in the serratus anterior. Yo, I did not know that. All of a sudden, I was like, I love this exercise. The body saw being in that forearm plank position and just rocking your body forward. It's like little calf raises, moving your body forward and backwards. And we see great activation in your serratus anterior. I love that. Will it be great activation for everybody's serratus anterior? No, because some people's serratus anterior are so underutilized that doing this exercise may not help them at all. So you may have to regress the exercise. You may have to do some, some elbow scoops. You may have to do some wall angels. You may have to do some protraction, retraction with the arms going up just to get the beginning of activations before doing this movement can even be supported. All of the exercises, the, the saw, hanging leg raises, and the, the put, walk out from push-ups, they all challenge the abdominals very well. It says that the body saw did so in the most, the, this is a quote, the most spine conserving way. And what I think that means is probably the most protective way. So the, the less movement in the spine to, to be supportive for um, a conservative approach between these three exercises. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for... Uh, all you core mongers out there that, that want to learn more about the core. And I hope that you found this helpful. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. And you reach out to me if you want a, a particular topic you want to hear about. You can hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie. Or you can email me rick.ritchie at nasm.org. <sighs> Thanks for listening. Keep inspiring people to fitness. This has been the NASM CBT Podcast.